Boston thoughts I'd crafted out of love and hate and spite and selfishness. Hello there and welcome back to Tune Chatting Podcast. This week I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Nathan and Ewan from Pizza Crunch. How you doing boys? Hi, all good mate. Thanks for having us. Cheers. Cheers for coming on. What you've been up to? What you've been doing to keep yourself busy? Uh, well, we actually were, we were in uh, recording with Johnny and Marshall on Monday, so nice. That's good. Something to talk about on this. Aye, <laughs> back in it. I will touch it yeah, later. Yeah. But where was that? Was it in Cam Nineteen? Is that where they're working out of now? Uh, aye. So out in Hamilton, so it's a bit of a trade. Aye. Aye. So changed from like it used to be like literally underneath George Square, and now we have to go out there. But I uh, basically on doorstep. Aye. Yeah. 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 Okay, it's just worth it to get out and about, but, isn't it? Yeah, it's good to be back, man. Yep. Right, well, we might as well kick it off then. We'll start with your first selection. So, you go first, Ewan. What's your first track that you went for? So, I went uh, for Star Treatment, Arctic Monkeys. Why? Don't know. I was going. I sort of chose tunes that just like I think like the best songs always make you remember like a moment. But like I just went for three songs that sort of just make me remember like an entire time. So I just listened like, to Star Treatment and that album in general just makes me think of like that whole 2018 summer. Really, just everyone was listening to. It. They played like Glasgow Green Transmit. So it's yeah. just like it takes me back to those months. Really. Yep. Better things. You know, big Arctic Monkeys fans. Yeah. So I feel tempted after listening to the Stone Immaculate one to go with <laughs> to go with a suck it and see song. Oh yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Start a bad but, beef between the two there. Uh, exactly. I messaged <laughs> them after it saying it, but um no, nah, yeah, I went for this one. I was thinking that, I know because when you messaged me, I was thinking you were maybe gonna go for it, but oh well. Yeah, yeah, it was tempting. But... What did you think of that new album when it first came out? Because obviously it was kinda of mixed opinions. A lot of people loved it straight away and a lot of people it kinda maybe I grow or but yeah, you like. Yeah, like I, I listened to it like because I got like a there was like a leak, so I downloaded like the leaked version of it because I hadn't been out yet. Right. And I was just about to go out and I listened to it and I was like, "Fuck, I don't know if I'm into that." And then I listened listened to it by myself about seven times the next day and loved it. So that was kind of my relationship with it. Yeah. Hey, what about you, Nathan? You the same or? Yeah, basically, I heard that first time wasn't too bothered. So I thought from the start, I thought Star Treatment was good because I was what stood out so it was the first song, but yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Did me a few lessons, but by like a couple of weeks on, we were all set with it. Like, yeah, so that's all we put on, <laughs> and it was never like you never put on, we never put on like a song, we always just we, it was like start to finish, <laughs> yeah, no shuffle. Album. It was like a rule, honestly. Yeah, we had to do the full album. I think everyone's kind of like that. Like, I everyone, yeah. I don't actually know many people that first listened to it and didn't like it, that don't like it now. So, yeah, just maybe the, team the, the one before was just so sort of. It was like just big tunes that everyone likes, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, what's your what's your favorite Art Monkeys album? Humbug. 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 Probably. Yeah, a lot of people are fans. A lot of people are fans of the new one. Are fans of that as well? Yeah. But I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I'm not really mad. I do like the new one now. I didn't really yeah. like it at the start. I was kind of the same. I was a bit like, mm, some it's a bit too, yeah, yeah. like just too long. But I kind of like it now. Yeah. But Humbug. I like Sucking See as well. I do like yeah. that. I was. Hey. But nah, I like them all to be honest. Probably a bit like I, I still love the new album, but I was probably more into it when it first came out than I'm into it now. Yeah, yeah. It probably leveled off a bit for me with the other yeah. album. It's not like 
the major standout one anymore for me. Ah, because it's not I, like as shocking anymore than you. I, I was tempted to choose that anyways song they brought out after the album as well. I really like that one. Yeah. Surprised they didn't just stick it on, but yeah. How important do you think it is, like, because obviously that's a massive progression in sound for Arctic Monkeys, so they started off just that kind of pure yeah. indie Brit poppy kind of way, and then now they sound like that, they've got fucking synths and everything in it. Like, how important do you think a progression is for a band's sound, do you think it's? Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Is that you can look at bands like Caps from the Bottom End or someone who have, like, had some sort of buzz around their first album. Yeah. And now no one can be asked for anything they do. Uh, <laughs> Iron, Iron Monkeys, like the world stops every time there's like even talk of them doing something else. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like, I think it yeah. shows like if you're properly a good songwriter, or maybe you're a bit of flash in the pan, like yeah. compared to like Artie Monkeys, like their progression's a bit like Bowie or something who just does everything and prints and stuff like that. Like songwriters are just going to be always like a household name. They're always going to be there. Whereas, yeah. Yeah. I love that the fact that Catfish and the Bottlemen are always the sort of like example people give when they say yeah it's just the it's just the easiest one because <laughs> even they're like their their artwork the same like eleven song formula I think it is the one word titles and that like nothing they had like the second album written before the first one was out or something I think it was I think it was all three even I think I read <laughs> so they've also like just got a big like, bank of songs and then they just chucked uh, them on an album and released them every two yeah, years yeah it's men I was working for the money wise and that but uh, they'll have exactly. no respect in a couple uh, of years anyway <laughs> I know so I seen on your Instagram page actually just before I came on. Because that track, you took a picture and you said you were asking people what their favourite opening track to an album is. Yeah, yeah. I'll flip the question. What's yours? Well, that's why I posted it, because I think that might be mine. Really? I just love, I love the, like, the sort of, the, the lyrics throughout the entire album, although it's sort of like a different vocal sound and all that, it sort of reminds me of, like, the cheekiness of some of the earlier stuff. I just love mm-hmm. that, like, mention of the strokes and stuff, as if, yeah, you, yeah. I don't know, I suppose you can interpret it differently, but just, like, to me, it was, like, I just want to be one of the strokes when I started a band, and now look at it, look where we are. Yeah, and we're. I, d- I don't know. There's certain bits and like she looks like fun and stuff as well. Where it just like the actual makes me laugh as if it's like a sitcom or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I'm trying to think of like an, another opening to an album that that I sort of that I associate like that because like, the other songs I just like, but I associate yeah. that just with the opening to that album. You got one, Nathan? I'm struggling. I'm trying to think. Though. I know when you posted it, I was thinking. I was. I don't even fucking know any like. Songs yeah, and I, think, albums, I can't even think like the way an album works. Like, I just that's what makes me like love an album as well because, like, just the fact that you need to listen to that like all the way through, yeah. Because I know that's the start. There's like, I was thinking like LCD's new album has that old baby song at the start, which I like, but mm-hmm. I think any any of their songs could have started. I don't really care, but I just love that, like, straight in. So, yeah, I think that's it for me. I don't know, yeah. I know I was thinking about it, but so obviously, we're talking just about sound there and like progression sound. How long because obviously, you aren't. You've not really been a band for like years and years. How long did it take yeah. you to find your sound? Do you think was it sort of did it click straight away, or was it a lot of work put into it? Or? <laughs> uh, I think still finding it. Yeah, I wouldn't say we had the sound yet. To be honest, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's. I think uh, yeah, for a band as young as us, in ter- like not young in age, but young as like we've only been kicking about for about a year. Yeah, like it was a bit handier as well because I think we'd started sort of playing together for a good bit before we actually started releasing music or before we started being in the band, which made it a bit more, maybe a bit more concrete of a sound. But yeah, we're still, we're still, still working on it, that, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sending yeah, good yeah. anyway, so don't worry about it. Yeah, cheers, man. So next song then, move on. What's your next song? Oh, uh, so it was uh, Tell Me uh, by, it's like Johnny Jules, a producer. It was from a, the soundtrack Lost River. 
film directed by Ryan Gosling. Bit of a bit of a dodgy film, to be fair. Um, yeah. But the I think like because he he was in Drive and stuff like that. These sort of other films that have these really like dreamy like trancey uh, soundtracks. So he's obviously taken from that. But yeah, I just love that song and it. it's like this really um, sort of simple melody all the way throughout. It sort of builds up to, into like an orchestra type thing. But the lyrics there must be about ten words in the entire song. Yeah, just and, uh, I don't know. I guess something I can learn from. I think in the studio on Monday. Marshall and Johnny would tell me I was trying to be like, too wordsmithy or try to add too many words in and things like that. So, and like I don't know, that song just has so much meaning, even though it's barely got any words. So, and I was quite surprised again. when you picked it. Like I don't know what I was expecting you to pick, because obviously I don't know what yeah. you pick. But I wasn't expecting that. I don't know. I'd, I'd never heard this song in my life. See when you said me, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> I like <laughs> no, it came out. It came out when I was still in school and I was like seventeen, and yeah. it's still a still a song I always go back to and listen to. Uh, is it like obviously you said Johnny Jewel and stuff like he yeah. like doing a bad research on him like seems to do a lot of soundtracks and stuff is that something you're yeah. into like soundtracks do you like good yeah. film scores and stuff or is it just that I, song? I, I got into them a lot in uni when I was studying because it's sort of it's a good noise in the background and a lot of them don't have lyrics so they don't sort of distract me from reading or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah I don't know there's something about that song in particular though I just really like and even like the scene in the film it's like a lot it's not the full song obviously but it's just like the woman's voice is just really nice and it's like a little because the actress that sings it i think and it's like a just like a the little keyboard melody like i, I did like a cover of it in lockdown and stuff and yep yeah it's just just always go back to that song no it's a good choice i like it something a bit different and like we're saying it's completely different well obviously it's completely different to pizza crunch's sound but how important yeah. is it for the pair of you like to listen to a wide variety of music to try and take inspiration is it something you both try and do well yeah definitely yeah what do you say the main type is that you listen to what is the main sort of things would you? I like. I find it, it's like when we were talking about the Art Monkeys earlier, their progression. I always find like stuff like it's like almost the music you write comes later than the stuff you're listening to. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe I'll start writing a big fucking orchestral ballad in three years or something. But uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Like right now, I'm trying to think what like the main type of music I listen to is. I'm going, like I'm listen, I listen to like a lot of. A lot of like New Order, LCD sound system and stuff like that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of like bass heavy kind of things. Um, but mine, yeah, mine changes all the time. Uh, and I, I, yeah, it must, it must be important. I don't know, I don't, I don't put too much thought into it, but it must be. Yeah, yeah, it must be important. When you both started the band, like, what were you listening to then? Is it still the same sort of things? Like, is it still just those bands like Arctic Monkeys or was there any other sort of bands that you really wanted to not rip off, but you know, you sort of always take influence from people and stuff like yeah, like when, so we started it like last year, Nathan, eh? like, so like yeah. late sort of summer 2019. What do you, can you remember that? What you, what you were listening to? Uh, I mean, like, I was listening to a lot of sports team at that point, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, sports yeah. team. That's probably back in the pulp then as well. Yeah, um, that's all. We're always into, we're always into pulp, aren't we? Yeah. Um, but then we don't but, use any sunscreen, so. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we always sort of maybe have the same core bands, like, I've not been listening to like loads of other monkeys the last year, but we obviously still we'll all still stick them on when we yeah, get like them. Yeah. But yeah, and then Wait, I think what other things that got into feet. Is that what you said? Yeah. 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 Kind of like all the, the way the guitars and stuff work together. Like, I really like it when there's like two guitars both playing separate melodies, but they bounce off each other and stuff like that. Yeah. But, and mm-hmm. I think that's the way we're going to try and go with some of our stuff soon because we've been talking about it. So that's yeah. probably. And then we've always got like the sort of Glasgow bands that we sort of revolve yeah. around as well, like big fans of Declan Welsh and stuff and Gallons, yeah. like that. 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. No, I could be back said I yeah. like it. So, what's your final track then? Oh, uh, it's so it's Falls uh, Rain. a song i think they recorded it at the end of like the what went down album and it was just, it's just like a sort of organ based kind of ballad uh, on youtube it's not on spotify for some reason but yeah that's another one like i've just spent many a night um a bit fried on the couch with people and watching that <laughs> just like just the visual the visual of it's so nice as well and uh, I don't know, you never, I, I'm a big fan of Foles, but you never associate with him, him having like a sort of lovely, soothing voice. But it's just, it's another, similar to that Tell Me song that I just like going back to. It's just quite a spectacle to watch. Yeah, that was one of the ones, that was literally the point I was going to make. Like, I was never really, I don't know, I could never really get into Foles that yeah. much. It was one of those bands, like, I like certain songs, yeah. but I was never really. I'm like that as well, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. But when I thought, when I listened to that, when you told me about it, like, the first thing I noticed is you both have like a really similar kind of deep voice in that. Yeah, and, like, okay, you both yeah. sound pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. So, but, like, yeah, when I was thinking there, obviously you're saying, when you were saying earlier how you try and fit a lot of lyrics into songs and stuff. Yeah. Who are sort of lyricists that you take inspiration from? Yeah. Um, when I was young, when I first started getting into sort of lyricism, even noticing that, it was like, it was like Bob Dylan, like Nick Drake, Neil Young, kind of people like that. Mm-hmm. Um Love Jarvis Cocker's writing as well, where he sort of fits in words. Alex Turner as well, probably ripped him off a good few times. I think we, I don't know, probably ripped off about eight bands doing this song we were <laughs> doing on Monday. But yeah, yeah, th- those kind of people, like it was sort of started with like early folk stuff and then just like the, the way Alex Turner's lyrics have evolved were just so impressive as well. People like that. I'd say when you mentioned Declan Welsh and stuff. Yeah, Declan, Declan Welsh, I probably ripped him off as well. <laughs> he reminds me quite a lot of like Jarvis Cocker as well. Yeah, definitely. I should, I should have thought, I definitely should have thought of that actually because, yeah, like there was, he that song he released uh, recently called Shame. I was like, Yeah, on the EP. Yeah, that, I just think there's, and like Lull like years ago as well, that definitely shaped mm-hmm. like, so my writing as well. It's just, you, just, you just forget because Declan's like, Probably fucking doesn't live that far away from me. He's so contemporary. I forget to say people like him, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you just see them as like uh, people kicking about here. Yeah, know. yeah. No, that's well. That wraps up your three choices. That's I like that. It was good three choices. Yeah. So <laughs> now we'll move on to Nathan. So what's your first track? Yeah, uh, my first one was "Falling and Laughing" by Orange Juice. I don't know, it was, it was pure difficult to pick because I don't know what to base my choices on, but the f- I went with this one because, see, like, the, the music and the guitars are just... Probably me as a guitarist, like, try to write tunes and that. Was, I find it such a cool song. Like, I think they... I really love Edwin Collins' writing and, like, his lyrics and stuff, but I think it was actually 
the guitarist at the time, a guy called James Kirk or something. And it's just, I think they recorded it for like a hundred quid or something like that. And it's just sound like it was done in a garage or something, but it's so cool. It's like, Aye. it's that thing I was talking about where two guitars are like working together, but doing different things and stuff like that. The intro is like a wee sort of, I don't know what it is, like a wee drone or something. And then like another wee guitar comes in playing like the, the melody and stuff. And it's catchy kind of melody. It's just that kind of, it's always the music that gets me first, where you might be like a bit more into what the lyrics are saying, which I, <laughs> a bit guilty of not listening to lyrics as much as I should be probably. But um, yeah. With me, it's always one of that. So, and I, that song's probably one of the songs that, like one of the first bands anyway, like Orange Juice are definitely one of the first bands that got me into like, how I play guitar or something like that. Yeah, Definitely yeah. influenced me a lot. Even like, on that label, I think it was Postcard Records, like, there's a few other ones, like Aztec Camera and stuff. That, yeah, it was all those kind of Glasgow indie bands back in like... Yeah. yeah. Definitely yeah. at the start, they were pure big influence for me and I still listen to them now, mm-hmm. but that's been a few years. Did you get into them when they were like really young? Is that kind of... Or were you a bit older when you started getting into them? Yeah, probably when I just started getting like listening to music properly, not just like chart stuff and that when I started like, aye, aye. deciding what I actually like and stuff but I was just definitely one of the first bands like my pals at school probably got me into and it was one of the first bands I thought were class what was that like 16 or 17 you were listening to that yeah 16 yeah, yeah I came to them later I think aye I'm as like me I would never really I don't know it's one of those bands as well like, I do actually quite like them to be fair but I just never think yeah. to listen to them but anytime I hear their songs I'm like that's, that's pretty good I love them now his like his the tone in his voice and the way like his expression as well is really nice, but yeah, I came to them a bit yeah. earlier. So who were, I suppose that's all fitting for both of you because you're both guitar players. Who were your big inspirations for playing guitar? Obviously, Nathan, you said you like it kind of when like both melodies kind of bounce off each other and that. Have you got any other people that got you kind of into it or? Yeah, I mean, it's not just that style, I suppose, but I'm not like one of those people that have a, a pure guitar hero or anything, so I'm finding it quite difficult to distinguish it properly, but just like, I don't really like pure ripping solos and mental stuff like your mm-hmm. Eric Clapton's and all that not really it's not for me but it's like yeah. just simple stuff which is nice and melodic like Pulp's got loads of them like saying was it do you remember the first time like even the chorus riff for that's just simple but it's so catchy and uh try to think of other people off the top of my head like, guitar wise is so good but and I'm throwing you both on the spot here yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh like I think Nathan's a, a much more like, intricate guitar player than me. I think like you probably spend more time pissing around with like slightly more complicated stuff. Whereas I don't know, I've I've gone through the odd time of that. But like I, for any kind of lead guitar for me it was mostly like kind of more blues and stuff like that. I listened to yeah. Um, and then I uh, I suppose like sort of folky like finger picky stuff maybe as well. And then like mm-hmm. fucking uh, some of the guitar playing Ben Howard does on his second record as well. It's just insane. Mate, he's actually he's a class guitar player. Yeah, it's I just, wouldn't think it because it's Ben Howell, but he is actual proper class. Just innovative, just like insane stuff that he's playing. He's playing like upside down and shit. Ah, he does like the mad tap harmonics. Yeah, like, yeah. With his fingers like that. Ah, it's like mad. He's left-handed as well, and so am I. So that's like yeah. Feel closer to him. I know. Yeah, that, but... that's cool. That's, I didn't expect that. That's another thing. <laughs> nice answer. So then, right, we'll move on. Then, so your next song, Nathan, what have you went for? Um, yeah, I don't know where I pulled this one from really because. I don't listen to it too often, but I think it's a great song. It's Some Velvet Morning by uh, Nancy Sinatra and Eve Hazelwood.
It was quite wild. I wasn't expecting that, all, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I was... I'm aware, I'm a couple there, but I don't know. I feel like I've always listened to quite a wide. Well, not always, but I've been listening to quite a wide range of music, and it's like I suppose it's probably quite a sixties song. But uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it's the way I think Lee Hazelwood wrote it, and it's the way it starts off, and it's like this. I mean, it's again, it's a music thing, but it starts off like a pure lovely string section, and it's got this mad like tempo change when it goes to Nancy Sinatra starts singing, which I think is just class because it's just like a weird, just a weird thing to do in a song. But it's like it's like a, it was a pure big song at the time, which it sort of shows you don't need to like fucking just follow the rules all the time, you know. I like conventional structures and yeah. all that. And his voice as well, like Lee Hazelwood, just sounds like he's got this pure deep baritone voice, kind of. Yeah. So, Probably some of the unions, mm. but it's deeper. Like, yeah. It just sounds like he smoked like, 50 fags a day to try <laughs> to It's a weird song, but I mean, that's why I like it because it is weird. Aye, it was cool, man. It's like, because when he sings, it's like it's like in a minor key, and then as soon as like Nancy Snatra comes in, it pure goes to like the major key and stuff, man. That is cool. When did you first hear that? Because obviously that's like well before our time. <laughs> um, I don't know, a few years ago, probably. Aye. So. Is it something are you into that sort of music, like generally, or is it just that song? Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I really like quite a lot of sixties music. I like uh, a lot of Motown stuff and like uh, I don't know, like quite a, just a weird and a, a different weird range of stuff. I wouldn't say like I listen to loads of Lee Hazelwood. Like, I like a couple of those tunes. <laughs> no. That song, um, I think he wrote those that song for Nancy Snatcher. Like, these boots are made for walking. I think that's a class tune. <laughs> Almost picked that one actually. Really? I don't know. You ever heard Cabbages cover of that song? No. No. What? what the, like that? That like, kind of like more that punk band. Aye. Aye. Really? Aye. Holy they shit. Did I like cover of it? Aye. I'm gonna have to give that. A sh- is it? Where is it? I know it's good. It should be on YouTube. Right? On YouTube, class. <laughs> I can't remember if it was on. The, I thought it might be on the first album, but I don't know. That sounds mental. I mean. But I know I think it might be on the first album as well. But no, it's fucking good. It is wild, but but it's it's good. I love when bands do that. I just pure change it up, man. It's like Pleasurehead cover of like Sons of Underground. Oh, that's... I was tempted to choose. Yeah. I was tempted to choose Hot Chip doing Hot Chip do like a Bruce Springsteen cover and then go into LCD sounds for some of the end. What is it? What's what songs have you heard it? Nope. What's the big what's not big, in, big Springsteen song? Yeah, it's Dancing in the Dark he does, and then it goes into like I like some L C D song, All My Friends at the end. I was tempted to choose oh, that because it's fucking mental. But have you ever heard um, what's the other one? Slaves done the cover of oh, is it the... that punk are playing at my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, says so it's good as well because it's just wild. Yeah, it's just yeah. like screaming completely different songs. I love it. But no, that's good. So your final song then, Nathan? What are you went for? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I keep picking these random ones, but I went for uh, <laughs> Kinky Afro uh, by Happy <laughs> Mondays. That's a tune. It's a, a belter of a tune. And it's just, I picked it because I used to be pure into like that um, kind of, I don't know if it's Manchester you call that scene. When I was like, well, when I was maybe like 17, 18, and I was like big into the Stone Roses and stuff. But I feel like 
the Happy Mondays probably only banned from what I listened to then that I'm still actually quite like so I kind of not into the Stone Roses anymore and stuff like that mm-hmm. and I feel like I really like um, Sean Ryder's lyrics and stuff and I feel like, <laughs> I feel like he's quite a cool guy and they, I know it's, cool it, it samples that um, is it what's the song called again it's by Mabel or something is it Lady Marmalade it samples I like still like the it's like the chorus but it's that yep yep yeah yeah that part <laughs> samples like that oh, right, yeah. that tune it's just pure I think it sounds so cool and then it's obviously a big massive guitar riff for the synth thing yeah, like in it as well but like Sean Ryder I feel like he's quite a cool guy and the lyrics in that song are pure cool and I also feel quite sorry for him because he's I guess on his like Instagram he's, like, he's all he's all his hair on his body's falling out and he doesn't know why I probably, then, I, yeah he just looks like a, Looks like a big fucking spud now, man. Uh, a big egg, man. He has eyes like pure bald and shiny, man. Obviously, you said you were like big fan. Maybe not so much now, but like you said when you were younger, I think everybody was was pure into like that Manchester thing, like the Stone Roses and all like that. Yeah. I was kind of thinking about this when I done the Stone Immaculate one because obviously Louis went on like he's mad Oasis front. Yeah, yeah. Like defends Oasis, right? So who's like if you had to choose a band for that time, so like from that era, like Manchester, or like even just Britpop, who would you go for? Like would it be Pulp or did you get any other Happy Mondays or Yeah, Britpop, I'd definitely go with Pulp. Pulp would be mine by okay. miles, but I feel like that's cheating a little bit. Yeah, that's cheating. Yeah. I would never yeah. choose the way since really, I've never been that into them. I'm a, yeah. I'm a big fan. Them, yeah. but... I'm a big fan of their first album. Uh like the bring it on down and stuff like that, that kind of messy stuff. And then I don't know when, yeah, it's weird because I, I like Noel, Noel Gallagher's new stuff, but when he started whipping out the acoustic guitar and that, I can't be arsed with it anymore. Ah, uh, it's just a bit like it. And they've just got like quite a lot of shite. Like they've got a lot. That's of, what I said. Yeah. They do. They've got a lot of shite, like a lot. Whereas like, such a big, for literally the biggest band ever. Yeah. And just like Art of the Monkeys, I don't know. Like Ish. you just can't find any shite. So, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I do agree. What would you say that, what would you say is that Manchester scene like? Because it well, like Stone Roses. Like you had like in spiral carpets, all of that oh, sort of stuff yeah, as well. Yeah, okay. Like charlatans and all that. Aye. Oh, yeah, sure. well, yeah, yeah. Okay. They've only got that one tune that I know, and that's about it. So. <laughs> I've got like the charlatans to be fair, yeah. but I, I think it's weird, man. Everyone went through that phase. I yeah. feel like everyone went through that phase where they people love the Stone Roses, and then they just kind of, as they got older, they're like, meh. Yeah, yeah I, was, I, I kind of always, I don't know that no one in my school really was that into that kind of music, so I kind of. I never really got mm-hmm. sucked into that, but I was always quite a big Oasis fan. Like. Yeah. But it's just what you learn guitar. I, I feel like it's the crowd that these people attract sometimes put people off the band. Yeah, I mind you, I say to Lou, like, I mind you saying that, that's quite an interesting point. They yeah. go to see like Oasis and the people, have you ever been to a Stone Roses gig? Like, yeah. the people that go there are fucking like... They don't They don't like, uh, they're not like, they're not really music fans overall, are they? Aye, they're not like, but that, that's fair enough, but some of them are just like... Yeah, utter bangers, and yeah. it's like it just puts people off it, man. It's and then I suppose that's how you're making it big, isn't it? Getting like sort of transcend, yeah, exactly. transcending like a scene. And just go to like lay off a flare in that, and yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. It's like football casuals that just turn up to a gig for a day. I was, at, like... <laughs> I was at No Gallagher, and he played up in Inverness, that's where I'm from. And like people were raging, like because the first seven songs he played like this whole new album in order, basically. Like really, yeah, and like people honestly to help people just waiting for don't look back and anger and wonder what the end. Like, <laughs> uh, I just yeah, <laughs> paid yeah. all the money for those two songs. Yeah. I know, but 
I suppose that wraps up both your choices. I like that one. That was cool. That was like quite different. I never expected those choices. So that was good. I like Nathan's one as well. I wasn't expecting to hear the Happy Mondays in there. <laughs> I know it's nice. Ending on a wee high note. Yeah. So we're going to talk about pizza crunch now. Oh, sounds good. Things are going for yourself. Yeah. So first of all, how have you found being in a band kind of through this whole COVID thing? What's it been like for you? Um, yeah, like it's, it's been pretty shit because this would have been our biggest time for gigging really because pretty unknown before this. And then we released our song. Like our last gig our, was a week before our, like our first song came out. So it's like, yeah. we've not we've not even had a gig being able to play a song people know. So it's been grim. It's been, it's been okay for writing and stuff, to be honest, because it's like a time you're just locked away and you can write loads, but it has been, it has been pretty frustrating. That's what I was going to say. Like, obviously, you haven't been able to gig really, and like you say, when fraud came out, so what was it like February it came out? Yeah, it was... really had a chance to play it. Has that been kind of annoying? Obviously, you've played fraud before, like, but now yeah. that people properly know it and stuff, like, is it just yeah. been a pain in the arse, really? Or you try to find some yeah. positives from, from it? I think, like, the worst part for me is like that. I don't know, the Spotify, it was quite unbelievable for us getting that many streams in it for our first song, but like, it's just numbers on a screen and it's quite hard to picture in your head. And obviously playing a gig is a way to see how well the song's actually done. So like not being, yeah, able, like not, well yeah, been... not being able to see if people like it or not really in real life has been a bit frustrating. Yeah. Well, you did you did actually release new music during lockdown, yeah, so yeah. 12 months seasonal depression, which is an absolute yeah. So when was that written and where? Talk me through where it was done. Uh, I think I, so when I wrote the music first, like, so I just put it all together and then I sort of gave it to you. And, but it was written... It was probably written at the start of this year. It wasn't even written yeah. over lockdown, really. It was, it was finished over lockdown, but... Um, it was, like, recorded over lockdown. I recorded, but we'd even, we played that. Uh, the, yeah, we played We played as well. Um, yeah. But it was, Where did you record it? Whereabouts? If it was it's on Zoom. Like, uh, we recorded it in our... Uh, just, like, all our parts. Our and, our, and, that. Uh, and then sent Aye, it. that's yeah, class. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it turned out all right. I, I had no idea what was going to happen, but it sort of worked out in the end. Uh, it's quite, it's quite an eye opener actually, how you can make a song sound like that without going into a studio. I without actually doing it. Yeah. Um, but I so Nathan, Nathan wrote the music. Yeah, it must have been in January, wasn't it? Yeah, it's pretty early. I mind, I mind. I was going to see Gallus at H- Hagen Pint, and I just finished the words to it. So whenever they played Hagen nice. Pint, it would have been like <laughs> when it was finished. That time, yeah. Yeah. nice. So obviously you recorded that one, like you're saying, through circumstances, you've done it through Zoom and that, yeah. but was fraud was fraud through Seven West? Did you do that at Seven West then? I was like... Um, we were on as well. I, I was, I, we were on... So we'd literally... We played one gig and it was in fucking Inverness. There were about six people there. And <laughs> uh, this guy posted on one of those like sort of like music pages on uh, yeah. Facebook saying, oh, like someone's dropped out and it's like a thing. I don't know. It's like something Marshall does with the uni. He gets paid off the, like the uh, Cali uni for to t- him to take in like music production students or whatever to come in and learn how to mix and the band gets it for free but we just have to sit through all the jargon and him teaching them right so yeah, like yeah. i just messaged this guy and we barely knew how to play our instruments or like how to play as a band <laughs> well we knew how to play our instruments mm-hmm. not as a band so yeah we ended up going in and recording four songs three of them were pish and one of them <laughs> one of them worked out pretty well so yeah it was good like so after those two kind of experiences it was really good to get in the other day and actually do a song not with yeah. some sort of we were with Marshall, but or we did it with Marshall, but it was over, you know. Aye, aye. So were those our three songs ever see the light of day, or have those been binned completely? It was just like they're binned. It's just binned. Eh? Beyond, like if you really worked hard, you could probably salvage them and change them up and that. But like the stuff we're writing now is just so much better that I just can't be arsed even thinking about it. 
Yeah. Such a yeah. catalogue of stuff we wrote over lockdown. It's not seen the light of day yet either, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, so focus on that rather. Yeah, definitely. So like in terms of when the music, like writing it, who writes most of it? Is it different for every song or do you write most of it, Nathan, and send it over and you do the lyrics or? No, I'd, I'd say it's, probably, it's pretty 50 50. Like, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I never write, I can, I'm terrible at lyrics. I don't even bother trying. So I just like, I'll stick to the music side of it. But I mean, and I'll send stuff over to you and see what he does with it. So that's probably about half the time I'd say. But then you know, send me something that's got a bit of music to it and I just write, I'd help. Our first two songs are probably the best two examples of how we do it really. Like, yeah, fraud fraud yeah. I just kinda wrote quickly on an acoustic guitar and then Nathan did the lead and all that after. And then nice. twelve months Nathan wrote all the music and then I just wrote lyrics over the top. So it's that kind of those two ways really. I'm sure it'll yeah. other stuff might happen in the future, but yeah. Yeah. And obviously like you said earlier, kinda of touched on it, you were in yesterday recording. Can you shed a bit more yeah. light on what you were recording and when people can hear it, or is it under uh, wraps? I the the when is under wraps because not because I'm trying to be coy, but because we don't even have a clue yet. We don't know. I but <laughs> I it was we just went in with uh, not really a clear idea of what we were going to be doing. Like just sort of sent Johnny and Marshall a bunch of stuff, and then they kind of picked out what bits they preferred, and we chopped up and changed it, which was. It was quite. It was. It's like it was hard work because the other times we've recorded, it's been like a sort of fun day out, right. <laughs> uh, getting mm-hmm. getting Stephen and that. You already know the stuff off by heart, but like <laughs> Monday was Monday was more of a graft. It was more of like a doing stuff on the spot, making stuff up on the spot and stuff. So it was a new. Stephen back to that actually because yeah. Yeah. I think mean, the rest of the rest was where any because they we went in and sat down right. Oh, this is the tune we think is probably the one we should do, and we fucking me, uh, you and. Craig, like you and Nico, like the drummer, hadn't even heard it before. Like you had just sent them it, so we didn't know. <laughs> just had to like, uh, and all the boys had to like make stuff up on the spot, basically. So it was. I I'd like. I sent, I sent him like a three-verse song that I recorded. Yeah, that I'd recorded like on my computer at home over lockdown, and he preferred that one to the songs that were like sort of full. And then, so yeah. I, I was like in the like when Nico was playing the drums, I was like in through the other room trying to write lyrics to like the pre-chorus and shit like that. And, yeah. But uh, it was good. Like obviously, it, it was it was Chris and Johnny had much more of like a like a stamp on it. Like they mm-hmm. they it's you know it felt like part of, like part of Johnny's song as well. Really, whereas like the other two were just sort of Chris just polished. Yeah, yeah, polished it up. Yeah. Do you think you work better like under that pressure of having to do it on the spot, or do you prefer going in when you've got everything done and you can just kind of yeah. like, have a laugh with it? Like, it's probably more more fun going in with it done. But I think, like, the next thing will be, like, the next time we go in will be the most, like, optimum situ- optimal situation because we'll go in with, we'll see Johnny beforehand, which means, mm-hmm. like, we'll have, like, everything, we'll know everything and it'll have an input of someone who's, a, you know, a much more experienced and better songwriter than us. So it'll have that <laughs> combination of both, like, we'll know it better when we go in and it'll have, like, a, a nice touch from someone time. else, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. So obviously, you were saying earlier on that it took you a bit, like you, when you first went in, you didn't really know what it was like to play as a band together. Like you could play your instruments and stuff, obviously, but together as a band, you just kind of weren't sure. How did you improve on that? Like, was it just through time in the studio, or was it just playing more gigs, or what done it for you, really? Um, um, do you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a go. <laughs> I don't know, like, even when you say that, it's been... 
we've only played like I think since we recorded for like two gigs or something. So we didn't even we've not even practiced that much and then lockdown happened. But I mean before the we played our last gig, we definitely had gelled a lot better. I mean we worked on the set and stuff. So it was it was definitely just mostly putting like the time in, in the studio and then try yeah. to work on the actual sort of musicianship side and like getting a set that flows well and stuff. But mm-hmm. I feel like even since then we've not had the chance to properly like get as tight as we could be or like get a set sorted because of the whole lockdown thing. Yeah, but it's only happened. just now I think we've I think we've done one or two studio rehearsals yeah. like recently. But it's just, and now we can finally start doing that, like getting the set sorted out. But it's, it's just been such a hiatus from all this probably not yeah. even where it could be yet, you know. Yeah. There's no gigs to get ready for either. It's obviously sort of holds you back a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think yeah, that, that's definitely true in terms of like being tight live. We've probably got better at being like knowing what each other mean and stuff when we're writing or like making like I don't know, just when we were in the studio on Monday, just like certain terms and stuff. Like, we literally when we first went in, we were referring to like a chord, like a progression of a song to like a bar. Like we didn't know what a bar was, which is right. like you should learn that. You should learn that in standard grade music or like you should learn that in third year music or whatever. So just like shit like that, we're just like more not like, we can speak to Marshalls if he's not like a, some alien who's like yeah, knows a lot more than us. Like, and so we're better in that sense, but yeah. A bit more comfortable in the environment now, kind of. Yeah, yeah. How important do you think like Marshall and Johnny have been for you as like in helping you out? Like, because obviously everyone says it, Everyone said that a million times on here. How good they've been? Like, how good have they been for you? Yeah. In terms of just yeah, well, like th- that—that's the first time we've worked with Johnny. Uh, right. I know they usually come as a pair, but like, um, Chris has been helpful for us. Very helpful. I just think like everyone always. I, don't, I think it might be another podcast or this podcast. Podcast I've heard people just mention like melody structure things like that. Yeah, yeah. Which aren't really things we well we did think about but like it's just when you're writing a song you're and it sounds like a song you're quite happy but you yeah. know they just make you think all about a lot more intricacies and changing it up and you know and like just making a chorus like a big catchy thing and we were quite guilty of making the verses almost more catchy than the chorus mm-hmm. just being quite happy that the song had finished but yeah i think like as we work with them more it'll be more helpful but like everything people says about them seems true <laughs> so yeah. far anyway yeah it. yeah so what's the plan then? Do you think you'll stay with Seven West for a while? Is that where you just plan to continue, keep going? Or have you get, because obviously Louis for the Stone Immaculate sort of keep harping back. But I was surprised because uh, he said like, they have plans to maybe try somewhere else for like each release just to try and get a feel of how different things work. Are you the same? Or yeah. are you quite happy to just work with Marshall um, and that? stick to what you know? For like for me, don't know, like, um, not naming any names, but like I've seen, I've seen how some other producers work, or not how they work, but like the the outcome of their work, and it's like nowhere near Chris's level. Yeah. Um. So that makes me a bit scared to go and pay whatever amount of money somewhere else, and then not have a product you're happy with. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you know, if if some if something came along, and you know, someone's great to work with, uh, and they're brilliant at their job, but I'm not gonna, you know, and there's a reason to go there. And I wouldn't be against it, but um, like, there's no reason to at the moment, anyway. Yeah, will be you, Nathan. You're yeah. the same, or yeah, mostly I'd say. I mean, I liked it. Um, we've only done it that once with them, obviously. So it was yeah. But um, I feel I probably like I'm not too worried about changing up. But I would I'd agree with you in saying you don't want the quality to drop. Obviously, after like mm-hmm. a release that might do well, and then people like, just get something that's not as good because you've moved. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not like. Like I wouldn't want to 
pure uh, keep the band like within boundaries and we won't try anything else you know what I mean like I definitely would think with going into those tunes like that with because Johnny was a big help and Chris is obviously a class producer but um, I'd feel like I need be better to go in this time or next time with a tune that we, we know we're doing you know like, I feel like Johnny knew the song more than what the rest of us did you know what I mean that sound classic and to be fair to him but you obviously want to know your own tune before you go in and like be able yeah. to say like that's what I would do and then if they want to say oh, this is better then that's cool you know what I mean yeah rather than I think, I think that's, the, that's like the production side of it I think because you're not just going into a track uh, a song that you've finished like you, you've, you're sending them songs and they're saying the part the parts of this one is better and then if we add a chorus and a bridge here then the song will be overall better than the song you've already finished so yeah yeah yeah, it's, it's like a different, it's not it's not just going into record, it's going into like make a song basically. Yeah. But I think, yeah, writing with Marshall, uh, with Johnny before the next one, I, I reckon I'll make us more sort of fluent about what we're doing once we get in there. Yep. So see, when you had like first started, had you ever been in a studio before you came down here? Because obviously you said you're from Inverness, like, yeah. how did that all kind of come about? Like, had you ever been in a studio yeah, before? I'd been in, because I was doing... Like our drummer, we plan to sort of start a project with our the kind of group we're in now, right. or me, Nathan, and our drummer Nico at least. But he went away on a year abroad and to France. Well, well, I suppose he probably would have started sorting stuff then. So like during that time, I went into like I went into the odd studio and stuff like that just to like work on my own stuff. Really, not not with any purpose of releasing it. Because I always kind of wanted to be in a band. But yeah, yeah, like it is quite mental. Like my first, I think I'd been into the studio twice before. Like recording studio and then like my first proper experience was seven west which was quite yeah thrown um, in at the deep end really yeah yeah what about you nathan was it the same sort of thing or uh, yeah i mean i recorded like a, a demo before with a band i used to be in like years ago but it was just it wasn't like anything like that i was just like we're coming into this tune do three tunes in a day and yeah, right. get a demo and that's it you know, like not just yeah. a live thing almost it wasn't mm-hmm. like even recording your own that's mental thinking of that now isn't it Free tunes in one day. Yeah, it was nothing like there was no production and or anything like that. It was not really, but it was like, I mean, it was a bit of experience, so it's good to have it, obviously. But it's a lot different doing it the way we did it there. Yeah. Are you happy with the way it's went so far? Like, would you change anything? Like, obviously, you saying you were kind of thrown at the deep end just by going right into Seven West. Would you? Is that fine? Are you fine with that? Was it okay for you? Yeah. Or was that a bit nervous to start with? It it was good because it saved us the the thing of like when you first start to release music taking like i don't know four songs to find the producer you're happy with yeah because i didn't i was i wasn't that aware of a scene or anything in glasgow i knew like i knew rascalton and gallus and declan but i didn't know it was like a scene i just knew yeah. they were good bands that i like listening to but it was just good having like knowing uh, there's someone who can make your song sound probably better than you ever thought it would mm-hmm. uh, like straight away and having that off your first tune is pretty perfect i think yeah ideal scenario then so yeah. just to sort of wrap up, what's the plans for the future? Obviously, I know you've said you were in recording, but is it just one track you're looking for? Are you looking to release a few in the near future? Or? Yeah, um, well, we'd love to release them all the time. It's just like the cost and yeah, the time and getting it all together. Um, so yeah, like, uh, you know, a rough timeline is like another one quite soon and then hopefully one sort of the sort first, part next, <laughs> next, first part of next year as well, you know. Um, nice. and yeah we'll see when gigs are back yeah I know could be a while off yeah it looks like it but yeah. hopefully not man but honestly when I started this like that's what I'm saying when I started this podcast like I can't fucking remember how long ago it was but it was a while ago and it was kind of when this all kicked off so maybe like yeah. March kind of time 
and that's what we're all saying. And we're like, oh, hopefully, gigs. And as it's progressed through the weeks, we've been like, oh, hopefully, gigs will be back soon. And it just seems like we're going yeah. back the way all the time, man. It's like I'm constantly saying the same thing, man. I've been doing this podcast in like a year's time, and I'll still be saying the same fucking I'm questions, even... man. Like, how's no, lockdown? I'm not even getting my hopes up anymore. That's why it's quite good to just focus on recording and releasing yeah. and stuff, I think, because it's just like, you can get excited about that, but getting excited about gigs is just going to end up in heartbreak. Yeah, <laughs> might as well focus on the stuff you can control yourself yeah. there, rather than worrying about the rest. Well, that wraps us up. Thanks very much for coming on. I appreciate it. That no, was class, mate. Thanks a lot. No, not a problem. Uh, so just remember, guys, you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter to keep up to date. It's at ChunChatPod. And if you've enjoyed it, then share it about and all the usual stuff. So until the next time, catch us after. Shot and two has sailors, sheepskin coats.